0: Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody joined by DJ Mitchell here for the November 4th, Thursday NHL slate. Uh, DJ, I know you uh, have been in the middle of moving and all that fun stuff. So I appreciate you joining us. Uh, How you doing?
1: Uh, It's going. I mean, yeah, it's been a absolute process. I started Tuesday, um, you know, 8am and by the time I went to bed at like eleven o'clock, it was just like still not even that close. And spent most of today getting stuff done, and it's getting there. It is a process, but I'm in Buffalo now, and I mean, you know, hopefully the Sabers can can continue to be good, although they've been really bad lately. But we're gonna we're gonna see them on Thursday night. So, how have you been? I mean, I barely talked to you at all during this process because this has been nothing but driving and moving stuff.
0: I've been fine i mean uh we kind of went over what happened last thursday uh last pod that was a solo pod so it was very fun to kind of go uh hey pat myself on the back you know cool thing um but other than that no just uh just uh, hanging out i honestly didn't come prepared because i was expecting to talk about your uh uh, your various nonsense, I would say. uh We've been delayed about an hour waiting for DJ's laptop to, you know, turn on. Like everything's moved, everything's in place, and then the laptop yeah. won't turn on. I, so now. Yeah, uh, I haven't
1: turned know. it on in a while, and I plugged it in a long time ago, and I got it going, and it wants to restart, and it just refuses. I don't know yeah, what's no, going
0: on. I mean, it, it, they heard you were a phone builder, and your laptop's just like, nah, like I'm not about that phone build life. So um
1: i'm just so actually it, it's funny like how my strategy is going to change now because like it, when i do football i don't normally do it on my phone because it's sunday i'm not working etc but with hockey it's like if i you know i have to, if i don't build on my phone when was i going to do it i get home and normally i pull out my laptop but it's like 6 6 30 and now i'll be working from home so often that yeah it's going to be different. I think my laptop needs to listen to me now as I tell it that I'll be using it more um, and maybe, maybe it'll understand and we can get back together
0: again. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, anyway, as you might be able to tell, uh, I, I, it's a little bit uh, choppier on my end, but honestly, the internet so far so good. So, uh, you know, uh, it's a good trade, I would say. Um, yeah, so yeah, I did,
1: I did name my, my Wi-Fi is named Dan Flash's complicated Wi-Fi.
0: I mean, Oh,
1: so it better be good. That's good. It's uh, very expensive.
0: Okay. So yeah, anyway, he's recording on his phone. So uh, again, you know, next week, next week's the week that we'll have everything uh, good to go above board here at the morning Skate pod. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's talk about this Thursday slate. I did not have any sort of sweat on Tuesday. Uh, obviously you were otherwise occupied. So, let's not yeah. really spend any time going over you know, it, it, it really
1: well, the funny part is like i thought about playing and when i stopped playing it was like 7:40, and i was like oops i missed a slate whatever and then i texted you and you're like it started at 8:30." i was like oh my god i didn't even, <laughs> didn't even know I, like I, I by the time i like started to look at me i had to return the u-haul and all that stuff and clean it and i finally got everything done and freaking hundred dollars worth of gas later i was like oh man let's let's maybe relax and no, nope. I could have done it too, but all right. Yeah. Let's and, and, a, of and of
0: course you're um, talking about the, when, not, not, oh, yeah, but, the one, not the Tuesday fine. one where we had the po- or I had the podcast for, but uh, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't even have... know.
1: I, I don't really know who it is. Like, let's just, let's just do this. I'll let you start.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, so yeah, we have nine games on the docket. We have Detroit at Boston. We have Tampa at Toronto. We have the Islanders at Montreal. Vegas, or, yeah, Vegas at Ottawa, Washington at Florida. Philly at Pittsburgh, all of those games puck drop at 7 p.m. We have Dallas at Calgary, Buffalo at Seattle, and then St. Louis at San Jose as the 1030 late night hammer. Uh, So uh, we didn't talk about it right off the top, but uh, let's just clear the air. As of right now, there's been no Jack Eichel trade. Uh, Buffalo and Calgary, Buffalo and Vegas, everything that we're assuming is that, you know, there's been no trade made. Uh, But what are your thoughts on that whole situation? Uh, I mean, I know it's sort of been uh, an up-and-down season for the Sabres, you know. Uh, The last couple games have been rough. Um, But, like, if Michael were to be moved, like, how how would you feel at this point? Because I have my feelings, but it's kind of, like, uh, it's complicated.
1: Yeah, I mean, first off, you know, I think it's at least very strange that a team has that kind of different podcasts and learning. I think that the IGO camp, which has changed, has really kind of used media outlets to push a narrative that they wanted. And the Sabres, I think, have come on the receiving end of a lot of that. And I think that most people are just very against Sabres now as an organization, which is probably fair um, in, many, in many respects. Uh, but overall, you know, I, I do want what's best for Jack. Like, I don't know him personally. I've never met him. I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think he deserves to lose, you know, I run the Olympics. I don't think he deserves to not play in the national hockey league at a high level and, and be a great player. Um, and hopefully win a cup someday, like there's nothing, no animosity towards him. And in that respect, um, I had my suspicions at first about this injury and I think I was wrong more or less. Um, and, you know, this is a serious issue. So yeah, I, I hope that he's healthy and it works out for him if he wants to get some artificial surgery that's never been done before, and, you know, I hope it works for the best. Um, I think that going forward, it comes down to Vegas and Calgary, as it's been mentioned. Um, I don't really think Matt the Chucks involved, from what I've heard. I think it's going to push Monahan I, and more more like in that deal without some bigger incentive, and I think that's the sticking point there. I think Vegas is going to maybe part ways with Tuck, Krebs a first, and I think the Sabres are pushing for Haig as well, but
0: We'll see. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, I hate to even say it, but, like, we did sort of have you drop for a couple uh, couple times in there in terms of the Internet. So, um, you know, I don't know how you fix that at this point. Uh, but, you know, uh, we got most of what you were saying. And I think my thoughts on the entire situation is that uh, – Honestly, I think that if the Sabres were, you know, uh, going to be a competitive team this year, Eichel just gets the surgery that uh, the Sabres doctors recommended. I, uh, my sense is that he wanted out of town, especially once Risto, once Reinhardt went, it was obvious that, you know, he wasn't coming back. Um, I, I think he didn't want to do the Sabres a favor by then you know getting the surgery that they wanted and uh you know like i i you know maybe maybe i'm wrong but that's sort of my sense where it's like if you know if they had cup aspirations like he you know he would be in, in the recovery process right now um so i think the savers got a pretty tough hand to begin with just because um, you know you can't lose a jack Eichel trade but you also it's impossible to win one um you know, in, in their eyes, you, you just simply can't win it, but then you also are not allowed to lose it. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, I think. Um, but if anywhere close to what's being rumored for Jack is even on the table, then I honestly don't think that's the end of the world. Um, something that was interesting, I mean, it's not like specifically going to happen, but say like Sean Monaghan was included in the deal. And, you know, I saw people going wild on Twitter, like, oh, like, you know, LOL, like it's just been 10 games or whatever. And like, yeah, I get that. But the thing about trading for only futures is that, you know, uh, then you're done. Like, those are your guys. Those are your futures. So you kind of have to pick and choose from one team. If you get a player like Monahan and he goes into a team who, again, is not a wild trash fire at the moment, you know, the Buffalo Sabres look like they can score goals they don't look horrific defensively, like they will probably be competitive for most of the season under Granado. We'll see, um, you know, a guy like Sean Monahan in top six minutes should be able to fetch more value than he's currently worth getting, you know, fourth line minutes in Calgary. Um, so that sort of approach, I think, you know, because they, they, they reported that there was a change in philosophy or whatever, and that they were now sort of accepting these current type players And, you know, I don't read that as, oh, the Sabres think they're going to be cup winners, but it's more of a, hey, the Sabres won't immediately tank anyone's value who steps on the ice for them, you know, a Taylor Hall-like situation. Um, So I I find that kind of interesting. I do hope it gets done soon. Obviously, I'd love to see Jack at the, you know, the Olympics and all that. Uh, But more importantly, I'd love to just get this out of the fucking rearview mirror. Uh, It's been, you know, it's been a tough time to be a Sabres fan, honestly. So. Uh, there's some positivity right now. Let's just keep it going. And, uh, you know, anyway, we can get back into DFS though, but I found that to be, you know, uh, most of the people who are listening probably at least are somewhat interested yeah. in our thoughts on it.
1: I think you made a good point because I think that, you know, any of the bigger name reporters have kind of mentioned this as like a bad breakup. And I do think that both sides pulled their punches and that's unfortunate, you know, for everyone involved. Um, Cause I think it makes the Sabres organization look really bad and I think it kind of makes Jack look bad, and I wonder if that's why he switched agencies because he's like, hey, like, don't really care anymore about making the Sabers suffer. Like, these guys live in Buffalo. It's snowed today. Like, let's <laughs> let's just get this out with. But I have, We can we can get to the slate now. But yeah, I, I do really agree with that that statement. I think that's very very true. Um, especially right. from the Saber side, I think that they really took offense to the situation going down like it did. Um, but let's get started. So, uh, preliminary notes on the slate, getting into things. You mentioned all the games. As of now, there's only six – oh, my God, two, six over-unders. Looks like they kind of like the uh, over a bit more in the Flyers-Penguins game, which which makes sense, and then the uh, Tampa-Toronto game. The other one, all the rest are five-and-a-halves. So, um, you know, I don't know if ownership's going to be super-duper concentrated in one variety or another, but it's a big enough slate. It shouldn't matter. Um, We'll just go game by game. There's a few notes in each of them, I think, that I've I've gathered enough uh, to get going. So Detroit at Boston. I mean, I'll let you get started, but Dylan Larkin, a question mark, and that move Robbie Fabri up to the top line, um, and the perfection yep. line back together, so what are your thoughts here?
0: Yeah, so my thoughts is that Dylan Larkin will miss this game. Uh, it does not sound positive in terms of his status. Um, Bertuzzi will be back in the lineup, so if we're looking at last game, uh, just sort of slot him in where, say, like... Uh, My guess is where Philip Zadina was like, obviously on the top line, but like on the top power play too. And that probably shifts Zadina back down to the second unit. Um, We'll see. I I don't know that for certain, but um, you know, he's just pretty pricey uh, at the moment. I, I don't really think you can chase Detroit. And I really don't have much interest in doing so myself. Um, I, I mean, Moritz Seider has been awesome. Uh, he hit both bonuses last game. You know, he's he's been a fringe producer, but he's been taking more shot attempts than, like, his shot on goal numbers have borne out. Um, last game, that obviously hit in a big way, uh, getting six shots on goal. Like, uh, he's a good play at 4,300, but for, you know, in general, I think everyone is more interested in the Boston side. Like you mentioned, Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand they're all really priced down, Uh, Pasta 7,600, Bergeron only 6,300, even McAvoy at 5,800 is just a really good value. Um, So I don't feel a need to go dumpster diving, you know, uh, for cheaper guys, but is that sort of where you're, you know, like, oh, yeah, Boston won and we'll kind of move on? Is that where you're at?
1: Yeah, and I like Boston a lot here. Um, I think it's, I think it's a really good play. I have no uh, like overarching, like, man, um, you know, this game is a great game. Got to get pieces of it. And I I guess what you're saying, definitely with the cider being like a, like a, maybe, maybe worth considering, especially in cash, but it does seem a little fringe. So I think more or less Boston one McAvoy is fine by me. Um, Bergeron is pretty cheap comparatively to all the rest of the centers on this slate. So it, it can work and it's not going to break the bank. And I, and I think at some point it's like, you know, how real is this Detroit team? They seem to be tough to play against, but you take out Dylan Larkin, you know, that really hurts their, you know, their top six, uh, pretty substantial margin. So, um, I'm willing to bet on Boston one here, I think in some respect and see if they can't bounce back. Uh, just trying to look through if there's any really good underlying numbers here. I'm not really seeing anything overly bullish. Um, like I said, Larkin's been great. He's actually been one of the top, like, I expected goals per 60, you know, players. knock has been great, obviously. So, um, but Larkin, I, I definitely, it definitely helps. I don't know if there's anything else really to get to here.
0: Nah, I, I think I uh, keep going here. Uh, we might see Boston as the highest owned team on the slate, just sort of looking over things. Um, you know, if there's no Edmonton. There's no Colorado. Uh, Toronto has a pretty tough matchup with Tampa. So we might see some depressed ownership on, you know, those studs. So I uh, do keep that in mind. I I don't think it'll be overwhelming to the point where like, oh, you can't play Boston one, but you might just have yeah. to sort of limit who you're pairing them with to more contrarian pieces Yeah. Then you might initially. And Detroit's,
1: Detroit's been, you know, pretty bad on the penalty kill as far as like giving up Corsi against um, but it's just hard to tell with the current, like, actual, you know, yeah, time on is It's really hard to tell, but I'm just saying, like, people might, people might look at some of these stats, and, and they've gotten actually a bit better as of late. Never mind, they're not quite as bad as I thought they were. Yeah. They're um, bad. You, if I got five, if i have been pretty bad. Tell me like, if it had been okay
0: yeah I, I i'm just i i really don't care yeah, penalty kill numbers size. at this That's point fair. like yeah well we're dealing with really small five on five samples and now yeah. power play and you're just like yeah well what what whatever like um another cheap guy to keep in mind philip pronick he's been playing a lot but we can uh, we can move on 3100 for sync is a solid value uh tampa at toronto so on the tampa side of things um we've seen Kalorn now scoring four straight games and his price just has not moved. It's still sub 5,000. Um, I'm interested to see where this comes in, in terms of like ownership and sort of some DFS community chatter, uh, because this is the sort of play that I could be, you know, I could see getting steamed up to 20%, at which case I'm going like, nah, I'll pass on it. But I could also see people look in a number of different directions um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, give a couple examples of this general price range, having some, you know, uh, some attractive pieces, um, and I could see them coming in at 5% and I go, okay, well, Colorn is better than that. So, uh, I think he's a really interesting player. Uh, we're looking at, uh, Alex Barry, too, on the Tampa side being a yeah. real beneficiary of. I don't want to say the Kucherov injury, but like basically it took them a few games and now all of a sudden Barry Boule is playing the Kucherov role. Um, He got bumped
1: up. Yeah. Has he been on that line with Pallad and Stamkos every uh, game? Because did he not play the last couple slates? No. That's where they had him in practice.
0: That's right. Uh, So they had Matthew Joseph there and, you know, Matthew Joseph is a fine player, but he's not very offensively uh, gifted. So he didn't do much of anything and now they're putting bari boule there and they've had bari boule on the top power play and i believe they practice with him there as well so
1: um,
0: that's really interesting to me Uh, i i i i'm not inclined to say like you have to play him in cash or anything uh but like if you're talking a one-off pool i think bari boule absolutely belongs um there are actually a couple of dead minimum guys that are somewhat intriguing so we'll make sure to cover them uh, but in general, you're looking at again Stamkos, Palat, Baribule, first or I guess, second line technically, and then Point, Calorn, and Sorelli as the top line. Um, I don't love stacking that line just because I do think it'll be popular. But if we get some wind of it being lower owned, then obviously Tampa is super explosive, and we've seen Toronto play track meets before. Um, just myself, I kind of buy the facts. All right. Uh, Toronto, uh, what are your thoughts here? You know, players, news, notes, anything like that? I mean,
1: Austin Matthews is just too expensive. Like, I mean, it might be fair, but I I don't know if I'm going to find it myself. Um, I don't know. Am I going to really going to talk myself into the marner Javara stack of that? And that, that seems almost a little more interesting, at least to my, to me, but Oh boy. I mean it is it is definitely like are you gonna pay up for Matthews or not? And eighty nine hundred is a steep, steep price. Um that is it just seems unwarranted. Like, like I like he has one good game and they're just like, Yep, thirty point game for Matthews and he well, was already eighty eight hundred. Yeah. Jesus. My God. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I almost just like the idea of pivoting over to Tavares Marner, which I think is, is might be what I end up doing. Um both kind yeah. of similar ice time, power play time, and just kind last, of hoping that.
0: Yeah, so last time out, they were both right around the 20-25% owned mark. Uh, obviously, that was against a Vegas team that you know uh, has zero NHL players currently. So I would expect that to be somewhat reduced here uh, relative to last slate. But I don't necessarily think you get an ownership discount on Tavares is my point. Um, and I was pretty stubborn about Matthews last slate as well. I think I had, uh, 20, 25 lineups and I only had a couple and they were both in sort of like the full on power play onslaughts rather than like actual stacks. Um, and I kind of think that was a mistake. You know, we already talked about Barry Boule. Uh, we'll get to a, some other like actual decent plays at 2,500 due to like news or uh, injuries or, you know, basically There are options to spend, you know, to to spend down on who aren't necessarily bad plays. Uh, You might need to be clever in your sort of correlation and whatnot, uh, but it's not impossible, honestly, to to play Matthews. So I think I'll try and be less stubborn about that myself uh, because, you know, I was saying, oh, well, you know, his expected fantasy point output just hasn't been at the level it was last year. Well, guess what? Last game, you know, he, he went from about an average of 11 to 12 on the year behind guys like McKinnon, McDavid at like 14 to 15. Uh, you know, again, these are all relative numbers. You know, they're, they're not specific or anything. Um, he went up to 20 last game expected fantasy points. He hit, you know, uh, what, what, what did he actually hit? 32. Um, so he obviously had a monster game. Maybe uh, that's just a sort of regression monster uh, fighting back. Um, But I do think I'll end up on some Matthews myself and, you know, uh, maybe I'll let it ride on Tavares and Marner, maybe skip over them and and sort of hope that, you know, I'm getting on the right spot this time because uh, Marner was good last game. Tavares was not, that definitely sunk me in terms of my Toronto ownership. So um, yeah. Any other thoughts here uh, on this game?
1: Uh, I mean, all the defensemen are, minimum salary outside of riley and muzzin so i think if you like absolutely need the cap relief you can maybe talk me into one of these guys much sure if there's one you like substantially over the others though
0: um yeah i mean i mentioned little last show i uh, played another 17 minutes put up four points i don't know uh, if i'm punting defense i'll probably just try and go all the way down I guess Brody had a pretty big game last time, 20 minutes. He's minimum salary, so maybe that makes slightly more sense. Um, But yeah, no, I I do think there's a lot of value. I just, I am not playing a 10, 15% owned Jake Muzzin. Uh, I I just refuse to. People are doing it. He's getting sort of jammed by Optos, and I'm just like, nah, uh, I'll exclude that. So, that's my personal stance. Um, same thing with like, like, yeah, he'll have some ceiling games, but in general, I'm fading that at any sort of ownership. So um, yeah, maybe I'll play Morgan Riley, but anyway, uh, Islanders at Montreal. We saw Jonathan Juin leave last game with a pretty concerning looking uh, incident. A uh, guy hit in the head of the puck and taken right to the hospital. Uh, however, they're talking like he's okay. Uh, Ducharme, you know, was like, "Hey, if he's if he's okay, he's gonna play." Uh, so it does sound like he will play. Uh, he will also he will be centering uh, Josh Anderson and Mike Hoffman. Um, I think I like that. You know, the Islanders have been off for a while, so you know, it's not like I want to pick on the Islanders too much. But like, come on, look at these Montreal prices. It's just out of hand. You know, Nick Suzuki literally broke slate on Tuesday and he got priced down like mm-hmm. I mean am I, am I crazy here like talk me off of stacking a team
1: um I mean I personally this game's a pretty big throwaway in my eyes because uh well, at least on the Islanders side but they, they've really priced them up for I don't understand any reason like Barzell and Lee are 7400 respectively I have no idea what's going on there um I think that Suzuki can play him the Foley like or are even McCallagher like I like that okay as a cheap stack, but I don't think it's necessary. Like I'm probably not playing this game at all. Oh, Petri forty one hundred, that that is also something. <laughs> is he just dead? Like what happened to him? Did he just stop doing stuff? I don't I don't understand. I, yeah, I Mont- Montreal is dangerously cheap. You're you're right though. Like I'm like you're almost talking me into this with asking me to talk you out of it. Because I mean, so cheap.
0: that was my exact, you know, it's like, just look at it and just think critically. And it's like, what do they need to do in order for you to win? And f- quite frankly, it's just not a whole lot. <laughs> um, you know, I was like, I wanted to play the Drew and stack lastly, obviously, you know, him getting hurt meant that didn't really get there. Um, but like a guy like Josh Anderson is just so underpriced. Like this guy should be 5,500 easy. The way he's been shooting the puck this year, the way he's been scoring uh, lately, like he should be much more expensive than this, and he's just not. Uh, Mike Hoffman, we know what they're trying to do. The shot volume has not been there, uh, but he's still scoring goals. Like it's, it's He's, he's got to have,
1: like, what is his shooting percentage? Like a million?
0: Uh, it's about Mike Hoffman level,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, about, about where you think it would be. Okay, good. <laughs> 31%
0: on the year, uh, FYI. But, you <laughs> yeah, know. sounds about like, right. Like, yeah. but, but the shots will come in buckets like you know he's he's not yeah. a guy who's sitting here passing up opportunities um so you know i, I kind of josh, believe that they, um
1: josh anderson is just a good cash gameplay just a yeah. very good one that that just seems like a correct a correct put in that lineup hopefully other people don't see it and you move on
0: yeah but no i mean you're right jeff Petrie has been you know complete dust um yeah i'm not overly hopeful that changes he is putting up three and a half shot attempts per game it's not Nothing. It's not great, especially for you know a defenseman who tends to have shots blocked or whatever. Um, but you know, I just think it's kind of inappropriate to exit this team out because they're just so cheap. You know, it's not like you're, it's not like you're really choosing them over any other viable stack. Like you're basically saying, I can play whatever I want. Like with Montreal, I don't think the ownership will be there. Um, so, you know, I just keep it in mind. As far as the Islander side, I- I'm kind of with you. It's just really pricey. I think I could get on board with a Beauvillier uh, one-off. Maybe uh, maybe some power play stacks around Beauvillier, but like Barzell and Lee, they're just so expensive. Like, yeah, they, they have upside, but I don't know if I'm willing to pay uh, to find out what that upside is just because the minutes probably will. Um, are you good to move on? Yeah, yeah. All right. Vegas at Ottawa. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. On the Vegas side, um, I guess we can cover the easy news first. Uh, So after Brett Howden, for some reason, got a crack at the first line, uh, it's it that they they quickly uh, adjusted and they're like, all right, Nick Wah, like you go on ahead. Um, So Nick Waugh will be on the the first line. I I think that. The first line here is very much in play. Uh, They burned, they burned some people against Toronto, obviously getting shut out. Um, But I really have no problem going back to this. Well, Uh, I was kind of interested to see what would happen to their power play units. It did look like uh, the power play units were Dadanov, March Riley Smith, Stevenson uh, Petrangelo Uh, by the way. When the hell did he become Dadanov? Have you noticed that? Have you been yeah, dude, watching uh, any Vegas? Yes. Games? <laughs> yes.
1: Dude, I, I, I don't know who I was with. I, I, I was with my buddy that doesn't follow hockey too, too closely. And I was like, they have said his name wrong every single time he touched the puck. And then I showed him the name. He goes, No, but they not like you're saying it right. And I'm like, What do you know? It's Dadanov. I don't understand. It's <laughs> always been Dadanov. And then every time I watch ESPN, they're just like, Dadanov, or whatever the heck they say. Yeah, no, it pisses me off.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I just wanted to throw that out there because, like, oh, we're, we're, whatever. Um, so that does mean it does not seem like Nick Wobb will sort of directly take uh, William Carlson's role, you know, with Steve uh, Smith and Marchessault on the power play. Um, however, waugh has been pretty good this year. He's already getting, you know, some decent runs, 17, 19, 18 and a half minutes his last three games. So I think he's very much in play. Um, you know the defensemen are a little pricey for my liking um martinez probably gets there you know more often than not at 5400 but i don't think i'm playing theodore or petrangelo like outside of stacks um but talk yeah. to me about ottawa you know are you sort of like a, a josh norris believer like i've been so far this year and you know what do you think about their prices here <sighs>
1: I I mean, I think that there's so much value on this slate that you can pretty much play anything you want, and Ottawa might be some of that value on it in theory because 6,100 Brady, uh, 57 Batherson, and 6K Norris is just, like, incredibly fair. Um, Shabbat is pretty pricey at 6,600, but he fits really nicely. Um, I don't think I'd go anywhere else with Ottawa. Like, it just doesn't seem necessary to try to, like, find this due breakout big game. And, and try to, like, force a one-off in for no reason. Um, shot volume just hasn't really been there, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's definitely the top line. And, you know, on the slate that we already mentioned, you, know, you got Tampa, Toronto, Boston. It's going to get pretty overlooked. Up Florida, we haven't even gotten to yet, and the other six over under in Philly, Pittsburgh. So I don't think it's going to be very highly owned at all. And it's just been crushing, and it's just so heavily correlated. Um, there's really no negative to it, and and you know as you mentioned with Vegas not getting there against Toronto, you know four nothing shutout. If you know you talk yourself into this game being maybe that like hidden gem of, of an over because of just how banged up Vegas is. Like, you know you didn't explicitly say it, but no William Carlson, you know no Marchesio, no Stone, like all of these guys out
0: makes no it very
1: bad. Oh, my God, yes. Pets ready yeah. at March. So yeah. um, just
0: didn't want to scare anyone you could, who's listening. Like, well, oh, yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah. yeah. You, you could, could talk me into just saying, you know what? I'm going to just jam in WAH, March or so. And then, you know, Ottawa won. You just get way overrated on this game. And then you still have, you know, more salary, you know, average remaining per player. Like yep. with those five guys in. Like you have a ton of savings Then you can jam in any defense you want, any goal you want. Like, I think that's a really... Good way of doing things. um Like I might end up really considering that. Uh, that's kind of yeah my narrative there. I think yeah. I think I probably said what you wanted to say.
0: Yeah, out of a one, uh, you you the, the the so tightly correlated thing is just I think the most important part for me. Like they're all equally, uh, not equal contributors, but they're all reliable contributors to the line. It's not like you have an obvious passenger, which is what I really like about it. Uh, and then speaking of, you know, uh, I think you said the word defense in there. Uh, Tom Shabbat is averaging 27 minutes a game this year. Yeah. Uh, like uh, there's not really a guy in the league who's uh, above him. I'm pretty sure like, um, so that's just crazy. Uh, he's a bit pricey, but you know, if we're talking yeah. upside, Shabbat definitely has, you know, a pretty monstrous upside. Um, so I, I could, I could see sort of packing him on to any Ottawa one stack, uh, but I do kind of like the idea of making it a, a bit of a game stack, you know, something like uh, even a Nickwa one-off and then Ottawa one. Yeah. I, I think that's perfectly fine. Or say a Petrangelo or Theodore or Martinez. Uh, Martinez is pretty enticing here. Given,
1: yeah, I you know, think his
0: block shots and then his power play usage as well. Uh, he should get some shots on goal. So like you're talking, you know, you're talking a 10.4 if Ottawa's just hemming them in and, uh, you know, Martinez is getting the blocks bonus. So um, right
1: right i think yeah i think martinez makes a lot of sense in like an up-tempo game because yeah. you just hope that not only does he get those you know five six blocks that he's been getting but he does end up you know getting three shots on net and maybe an assist and all of a sudden yeah. you're looking at like a 20 point night yep. um coming back on the other side so yeah that's big time definitely smart him and law i mean and but We don't know the power play for sure, right? Because they mix and match it all over
0: the place. It's probable that they're both on the power play too, which I like. Um, But yeah, we don't really know for sure. So I think it's more of like you just play the guys who will get a bunch of minutes here. And those two guys seem uh, like prime candidates. So uh, moving past that game to Washington and Florida, this one is kind of interesting to me because I feel like the Sam Bennett news will just kind of move people off of Florida. Um, you know Sam Bennett will miss Uh, we don't know the timetable for his return Um, it sounds like Anton Lindell will be back however they moved Samson to the Huberto line uh, with with no Bennett and and to the top power play uh, with no Bennett and you know he's 4100 and just a reminder Sam Bennett was complete dog shit before he showed up in Florida playing with Huberdeau uh and the, on the top power play with Barkov and look what he did uh Sam Reinhart last year was top 10 in the NHL in goals playing for the Buffalo freaking Sabres and is now going to the role that made Sam Bennett uh you know not look like a donkey out on the ice and Sam Reinhart is $4,100 I personally don't get it I think Samson is an absolute smash here he didn't show out against Boston. Um, I'm pretty sure that game against Boston was the first time he was uh, on that, you know, on that line. So maybe people will stay away from it, but man, <laughs> I I'm sold. Like I really think Reinhardt is one of the top plays on this entire slate.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Kim and Hubert don't make a ton of sense together. Um, I also think is a really good play here. Like I love this, this Florida side because I, I really love this game in general. Like I think it, it's a bit better than the Vegas is going to get credit or um, finding the salary for Washington is doable, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be paying 7500 for Kuznetsov and 9 k for Ovechkin. Um, I'm almost maybe kind of sticking to what you're saying, hoping those top lines kind of match up against each other and maybe cannibalize each other a little bit too much and that, that Huberto-Reinhardt against a banged-up Washington team playing, you know, hopefully some minutes against McMichael and some you know, younger guys that aren't very good, um, at least very good defensively and Reinhardt-Huberto just had that breakout smash night. Um, that They definitely feel GPP winner vibes right
0: there. Mm-hmm. Um, is Alex Ovechkin worth 9K on the other side? Eh, probably not. Should you do it anyway, just in case? Yeah, you probably should. Ovi's really freaking good. Uh, I don't you really need to stack him.
1: Na- name a game that he went under 11.5. Oh,
0: you can't. Okay. Okay, you can't. Okay. I was I was about to say okay, I'm like cool. I don't know about that. Uh yeah, he's why, averaging why, why you ask. <laughs> like he's averaging uh, half an expected goal per game adjusted for Alex Ovechkin uh, conversion rates. Uh that's uh, well over a goal a game. He's at a goal a game right now. Uh he's taking eight and a half shot attempts per game. He's guaranteed an empty net if Washington is winning. Like they would literally rather lose the game than not try to get Ovi an empty net goal at this point um it you know for me I think I'm finding a way to jam in Matthews and Ovi and just making the rest work because there's a lot of value it, that it can I like too, here.
1: like it freaking uh, can it's it's like yeah. I guess I didn't realize it till we really got into things like how easy it would be to just yeah play like three of the like stud studs and just moving on but you could yeah. probably include Kuznetsov in that and just still feel good about the lineup coming together
0: yep yep absolutely um The last thing about this game that I wanted to point out, um, you know, I I don't feel inclined to go dumpster diving on Washington or anything like that, Uh, but Owen Tippett last game finally got up to 16 minutes. We mentioned, you know, Reinhardt with Huberto, Um, you know, if you want to lock in that 6.5 from Jonathan Huberto, uh, now's a great time to do that while Reinhardt goes for 25, Uh, but Owen Tippett getting 16 minutes for 2.8 is much better than Owen Tippett getting, say, 11 minutes. Um, part of that could be because it looks like it was a relatively penalty free game. Um, but also part of it could just be, yeah, I mean, there's some attrition going on. Florida's not as deep as they were when they had, you know, Reinhardt on the third line, let's say. Um, so I think that makes a decent amount of sense and I'm going to continue to take flyers at Frank Vetrano. <laughs> uh, he's done absolutely nothing but burn me, but he's the dead minimum, uh, You know, he's just not getting the role, but I'll play him once somewhere to just make sure, you know, across 50 lineups, just to make sure he doesn't go for the two goal night um, because he could get promoted to a decent role anywhere. And Anton Liddell has been really good and we're sort of expecting him to play uh, there with with Vitrano. So, all right, let's get over to Philly at Pittsburgh. Maybe the most surprising news of the slate uh, was the, uh, well, I guess will be the absence of Cindy Crosby right after returning from a wrist injury, he tests positive for COVID. Uh, he is symptomatic, so he's definitely out for the, the foreseeable future. Uh, obviously it just, you know, sucks, uh, especially against Philly, you know, the, the rivalry and all that on the Philly, uh, I guess I should mention on for, for Pittsburgh, Chris Letang uh, should be back. However, uh, Jeff Carter uh, came back and, Brian Dumoulin now is actually going out alongside uh, Crosby. So that leaves, you know, the defense pretty banged up in Pittsburgh. However, Latang, Marino, uh, you know, they're there and they're pretty solid. So maybe not all is lost. And then on the Philly side, we have uh, confirmation that Ryan Ellis will not play on Thursday. Uh, He actually won't play on Saturday either, but, you know, whatever, not a big deal for this podcast. Um, So where does that leave you? You know, there's obviously going to be some value here, but do you see anything that jumps out at you at first glance?
1: I mean, I, I really do like the Philly one. Um, I think it, it, it's, a, it's a solid play. Uh, I'm not opposed to jumping back on Jeff Carter. Cause I, I do think that he kissed, I'm trying to look, look, he only played five games, but eh, his, yeah, it came down a little bit from where it was and he was smashing like, I remember like he just being like in all of the winning lineups to start the year well I guess he had that 130 point night that was probably the only time but um you know the six over under at least is gonna make me take a good look at this game it, it's kind of expensive I, I think I'm um, correct me if I'm wrong but do we know if Russ is out because I seem like they like someone had said that he might that he skated a bit and like could end up coming back in maybe if not this game the next Do we know because 5200 would be something to consider?
0: I, so I, he was not a part of the regular skate today. Um, They lined up Gensel, Carter, Heinen, Zucker, Rodriguez, Kapanen, Um, no rust anywhere to be found, obviously in the top six uh, or anywhere in their lineup. Um, Their power play one was Carter, Gensel, Kapanen, Latang, Rodriguez. So I haven't heard of anything saying like, you know, I think it'll be a bit until Russ is back, honestly. Like, I don't even know if this weekend is reasonable given, uh, you know, the practice time and all of that. So I don't know. We'll okay. See. That's
1: fair. Yeah, I mean, it. I, I don't, I don't, I guess what I'm getting at here is I don't think there's anyone that's like a shocker that like, you're like, Oh man, like this, this piece of news, like it's probably all the guys you're thinking of. And then, um, yeah, I, I just can't imagine like trying to, find a punt here that is enticing is there anyone that I'm missing maybe like are you going back to Heinen or like anyone like that
0: yeah I don't I don't personally think so um Philly did install Cam Atkinson on their top unit last game and you know he disappointed so it's not that far-fetched to think that Cam Atkinson will be under owned relative to you know seems like they really wanted him to sort of score a goal, say, on the power play. Uh, they talked about how much they liked the puck move in. They just didn't get any goals. So I don't know. I, I'm kind of leaning towards staying away from this game, but the lack of Crosby, the, the injuries, on the absences on the Pittsburgh blue line, uh, Letang sort of just getting back in. I think this is a good spot to load up on Philly. Uh, I'll probably just go full on Philly one stack a few times and just that'll be my exposure. Um, but I also think Provorov at 5,200 is a really good value. Uh, they replaced Yandel with him on the power play. I personally don't really get why, but they're going to stick with it. So it is what it is. Um, and of course, the day after Yandel could play, he hits the freaking blocks bonus. Like when's the last time he did that? <laughs> it might be the first time in Yandel's career he blocked three shots. Funny enough, I was actually watching, Edmonton game where they interviewed him. Uh, I think it was the TNT game and I think it was biz like talked to Yandel after the game. And he was like, Oh, two block shots. Is that a career high? And Yandel, Yandel goes, wow, I, I don't even remember that. It must be. And now he hit three. So big congrats to Keith Yandel for, uh, you know, hitting his career high and block shots. Uh, but all that to say Provorov is probably a fine stacking piece. Okay. Um, moving yeah, on that calgary yeah yeah uh, do you want to go for it uh future buffalo saber matthew Kachuk. future buffalo saber Sean monahan future buffalo saber elias lindholm uh what else can we rasmus anderson too can, can we shuffle him in there um you know you what as are well, your thoughts
1: might as well <laughs> i mean it's funny because like the la- like the last few because i didn't play for like a few days now like i mentioned and you know, like the slate before one of my last slates, all of these Dallas guys were like free. They're like, you want Ruby Hands <laughs> for like four K. Pavelski minimum yep. salary, like, yep. and now they are just to the moon. I mean, two two slates <laughs> later, um, they like Pavelski's fifty six hundred now. I'm like, what is going on? So, I mean, I I don't know if I love love this game because I think that there's better spots that I want to get to, but I I am wondering if Others might think that way as well. And Calgary One has just been so tried and true this year. I mean, they've missed everything you wanted them more every single night. Um, Dallas is not a team that I'm shying away from, I guess would be the way to put it. Like A, I don't think their goaltending is anything to shy away from. And I don't know if defensively there's enough there for me to think like, well, you can't play it. So I think Calgary One makes sense. Um they're priced right around Boston One, who you mentioned being like a big ownership taker. They're cheaper than Toronto guys. So it's one of those stacks like you mentioned. If you make enough lineups, like you just have to include it in there a few times, um, just because of that correlation. Whereas with Dallas, you kind of get somewhat similar with the Ruppe hints. But um I'm trying to pull up their power plays now. Um, has it been? Is it? Are you still using that unit? For the hints, Pavelski, Robertson, power play.
0: Yeah, uh, Robertson's been. Yeah. Freaking awesome. Um,
1: yeah, he smashed. I know he smashed the other night because I saw someone say like. I I thought, I thought it was he was something. He was like a point a game player, and I was like, "How did he do that?" And then he like had like three points right or something.
0: Yeah, it's has two points. Right. But uh, but his shot, I mean, his shot oh. rate has just been insane. Uh, so I do think this game has some decent upside. Uh, I don't know if I'm stacking Dallas per se. You know, like you mentioned, it's not like they're free anymore. However, Jason Robertson does feel free at his price like he's you know he's another guy who should be a $5,500 player easily um, you know he had eight shot attempts last game I want to say that the last I want to say he's averaging right about that number two uh, let's see where is he yeah seven shot attempts per game in the three games he's played this season season uh, he's far better than his price I don't I think Klingberg is also a decent option, you know, at his price. If he's going to be blocking shots like this, uh, you know, he has 10 block shots in five games this year. And the first game he played was kind of a half game because he got hurt during it. So if this is a new thing for Klingberg, I'm very here for it because we know his upside offensively. He's not a great floor player. You know, he's not going to get the the shot bonus all that often or whatever, but just the points uh, they'll come in bunches with him. Uh, He's awesome. So I like his price too at 4,900, but my main interest is on this Calgary side. I didn't really talk about this in the discord or anything. And I didn't really even have this strategy sort of fleshed out when I did the pod on Tuesday, but what I did on Tuesday is I made 20 teams and they all had uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk on them. I just went all in on the spot. They ended up being about 10% owned and I just thought that they were the most underpriced line on the entire slate, um, even at, you know, 6K, 6,800. That, that, that's right about where they were on Tuesday as well. And I don't know if I'll do that again. You know, uh, it obviously didn't end great, but they looked freaking electric all game long. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau had 11 shot attempts. Only three of them went on net, uh, which was kind of sad. Uh, he probably should have had three assists too. Uh, Kachuk missed a wide open net. I think Kachuk also hit a post, and uh, some other idiot I think just you know had a backdoor tap in or whatever. Like it was honestly awesome to, to watch. Like it was just like these guys are playing so well right now. It makes me feel really good. Like a few weeks ago, I was like, hey, you know, Calgary one might be in the conversation of best line in the league. Blah blah blah. Why um, Sluntom has stopped scoring goals? Sadly, you know uh, he's gone three goals or three games without a goal. Um, I think he changes that in this one here. He's obviously a bit expensive, but what makes it even better is Rasmus Anderson at 4,500. Had also looked pretty good too. Like I think he's got a 20-point game coming soon. So when you get the sort of value here that they're offering in this game, I'm just going to take it. You know, I think it makes a lot of sense to sort of stack up and you know hope for that eight nine goal game. And cause you kind of know where it's coming from, uh, especially on Calgary, but even through Robertson, you know, just for the price, it's a great gamble to take. So uh, I know I covered basically everything here, but anything that you wanted to tack on before we move on? Um, no, I mean, I think
1: it's kind of those two are the, the easy take top lines. And then like Sagan, that's probably a one-off. I mean, he's been actually really, really good as of late, a lot of shot attempts, Yeah. Um, but he's 7k. So it's not like it's free. So yeah. you know i i think that like dallas is robertson makes the most sense as a one-off anyway so yeah we can move on um buffalo at seattle um the sabers obviously most of the news and notes are around are they trading their you know former captain or not um but other than that uh Olafson missed last game with an undisclosed injury
0: um, a soft tissue warm-ups. injury
1: yeah um so he, and he's been, you know, nine points in eight games. He's been really a major catalyst for their offense. They definitely missed him against the Sharks. We don't know what the deal is there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that this game sets up to, again, like I just haven't really been playing for or like playing players on Buffalo except for like, you know, one-offs, et cetera. And I haven't playing a ton of guys against Buffalo because I think that they've, they've done a decent job as of, you know, obviously the Sharks beat them up pretty good, but a decent job, I guess. Um, of slowing down other teams but on this slate i mean seattle is entirely free the entire team (laughs) they're just saying like if you want any of the pieces of of seattle you're more than welcome to have them um Mm -hmm. the sabers are not quite as free but they're you know if you like something it's definitely jammable um even with all the injuries to the sabers it's like they're still finding ways to you know create some offense Um, This game is definitely going to have zero ownership. So if you think like, you know what, like I'm going to get my punts here instead, I would not blame you. Um, Yanni Gord might garner some ownership, I guess, because he's been pretty good. Um, He's been kind of in the right spot. Just hasn't really been scoring a ton. And it just seems kind of like a a boomer bust type of play at this point, but 4,700 for him. Um, Giordano might get overlooked. I think he's actually been a little better than meets the eye. uh, 5,400. The minutes have been shaky, but I, I do think he's a decent play if you're playing Seattle in general. And, you know, our boy Vince Dunn. Who was on the first power play last game? I mean, I, I didn't I play, believe
0: so. it was Vince Dunn.
1: Um, I think it was, too. Um, okay. Any any number one, number two, number three plays here that you're uh, thinking
0: about jamming in? Okay, so, uh, yeah, I like a lot of these pieces. Uh, number one, uh, Jeff Skinner. He. Uh, basically replaced Victor Olofsson. You know, he played with Thompson and Asplund. Uh, He also was just getting peppered on the power play. They moved to a butcher Dalene setup on the top unit. And neither of those guys want to shoot the puck. Um, You know, Tage Thompson is a good shooter, but he's got the sort of fancy hand syndrome where he, you know, kind of wants to pass more than he should. And Rasmus Asplund is Rasmus Asplund. Uh, that means Jeff Skinner is basically the only guy who's going to shoot. Uh, I'm not convinced Jeff Skinner is dust. You know, recall three years ago back, back in Carolina, he was scoring a goal a game on 15 minutes of ice time in Carolina. Uh, now he's in Buffalo, obviously had that one good year, kind of fell off the radar, but he's still got that sort of quickness. He's got a great release. Uh, I think he can definitely repeat his Tuesday performance, but, um, so I'm, I have no problem chasing those points given I pretty much expect him to play in the exact same role here. I don't think that Olafson thing is something that's just like, okay, now he's fine. I think they're going to let him sit it out for the rest of this road trip and kind of you know, get right rather than risk aggravating it given it's a long season. Uh, and you know, maybe about to get longer given some regression that seems to be happening, uh, goaltending wise for the Sabres. Um, so my one, number one play here is just Skinner. Secondly, This might be a hot take because, you know, there's a lot of good plays on Seattle, um, but Alex Weinberg, I, sorry, I had, I had to sort of like think about the decisions I've made in my life that made those words come out of my mouth on a nine game slate, Um, but Alex Weinberg at 3,400 is centering the top line and is on the top power play, I just, I don't know, it, it, you know, it, it sort of makes me think like uh you know what went wrong. But he's a guy who I think will be shooting. Um th- yeah, the the Dunn unit did lead them out last time. I remember watching this because the Nato was on the uh, other unit with Giordano and stuff. They actually ended up getting more ice time. I don't know how much I want to buy into that. Um, but you know, basically all of Seattle's super cheap. Just make sure you correlate it and you'll be fine because I don't think there's like a hands-down best play per se, um, but I do think that Wenberg is a great combination of minutes and price, and his role is going to make him a shooter, I believe. So, like, why not get in at the absolute bargain bin price of $3,400? So, uh, but you can go literally anywhere, like Schwartz, Eberle, uh they're fine too.
1: Okay, yeah, I think that probably sums it up. We can move over to the final game of the night. I think, was it the only back-to-back of St. Louis, right? Yep, that's right. I mean, I think first, the first note is that COVID's finally gone too far. Uh, Timo <laughs> I Mayer. And this, this is a line that I just, I did not think you could cross. I mean, this is really the, the breaking point for me. I'm, I'm done. I'm over. I, I can't talk about it any longer because when I saw that, I did shed a couple tears. Uh, it's just not fair. Um, but <laughs> other than that, um, you know, San Jose's been finding offense from everyone that, that guys had never heard of until this year. I just like, like, I've heard of a lot of prospects and I really care a lot, but I've just never heard of this Stalin guy. Like, uh, I think he was some, you know, obviously some Swedish prospect that uh, he's just been awesome, though. I mean, six points in eight games for him and he has, he has like, decent shot you rates and stuff. Um, really? Uh,
0: sorry, you don't remember him? He was an Ottawa guy. Was he an Ottawa guy? Yeah. That's Ottawa why was I don't like, remember. I feel like I remember Yeah. Ottawa was I feel like, I remember him he yeah. Yeah. And then they just like, they literally gave him away for like nothing and everyone in Ottawa was like, what the hell are you guys doing? And yeah, now he's really freaking good. So uh, yeah. Anyway, keep going.
1: Yeah. So they have what, one, two, three, four, five defensemen on IR right now, which moved guys like Brian Merkley in, he got his first NHL goal. So like, and like he's, he is a guy that seemingly was like, you know, destined for great TFS defenseman prowess. If he ever broke out in the league, um, I, I do think that the easier route here is to say, like, you know, I'm making enough lineups to include some of Burns and Hurdle or Couture because those guys are seeing, like, exorbitant amounts of, of exposure to top, you know, producing roles because of the fact that everyone's out. Yeah. Um, Hurdle dominated against Buffalo. He dominated the game before. He's Winnipeg. He's so
0: freaking good. Did, did you get a chance to launch the yeah. game or no?
1: Not much of it, to
0: Dude. be honest. <laughs> The, the second goal he scored was uh, I did uh, I did watch sensational. Like, Yeah, oh it was God. Yeah, he it was, was very fun.
1: It was fun. Um, Brent Burns has, has got to be up there for most shots on net and probably shot attempts without a goal. Um, he's has multiple nights where he's just missed the twenty mark or you know fifteen twenty mark of points for fantasy points on DraftKings, and you know sixty nine hundred for him is very fair. So I have some interest there. I'm not quite as interested on the St. Louis side. It, it's not, you know, it's not crazy to play a guy like Peron or Tarasenko, and that's definitely who you're going to want to get exposure to. Um, Tarasenko's finally getting priced, I'd say, correctly for what he's been doing. And I, I, think it, I think it's, like, fair because of how many guys are out for San Jose, but I'm not forcing it in myself on a back-to-back. I agree. But that, that's really the, the one the one play that I think is, like, worthy of mentioning because um, he's been so freaking good.
0: Yeah, um, I pretty much second you. Uh, you know, my thoughts are mostly the hurdle. Uh, I guess Balsers, if you... you know, yeah, I was going to
1: say Balsers, minimum yeah, salary. I didn't even see him at first.
0: Yeah, like, I kind of want like I I almost still want to prefer Barabanov, but it was pretty clear that bolsters was just more engaged like offensively speaking um so that's kind of where i'm at originally neither of those guys uh, seem like they will be getting uh top power play looks but we didn't really get a full power play in that sabers game to take a look at things um so you know both of them are you know really really good plays I'm just I mean, sort of anchoring this oh, based on Barabanov when he played with Kane and Kachur last year and was freaking awesome. Um, so, you know.
1: Yeah. Balser's had the highest expected goals for any player on the Sharks, and he did that's, not score.
0: That's good. Um, okay. Um, so, yeah. You yeah can he had definitely five
1: get uh, five shot attempts. Three were on net. One was yeah. a power play. Uh, right. I think it was a miss. No, I think it was a shot, actually. So, he had four shot on that.
0: All right. That sounds um,
1: right. Um, so, so, yeah. So, he, he seems like a good play.
0: So that's all nine games. Uh DJ, I do want to play a quick game with you uh because I know you did not play DFS tonight. Um if I told you Kale McCarr was out for Colorado, uh Bowen Byron was on the top power play and the top pair for Colorado, how many DK points do you I mean
1: it's gotta be either really low or really high. So I'm gonna go low because I looked at nothing. Uh I'm gonna go with what the thing here. One point five.
0: Uh no, try again. Higher. Five. Higher.
1: Okay, so it's really high. Uh, 35. Higher. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. All right, just tell me. 50? I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, they're going into overtime now, but he has 43.9. The dude has two goals, mm-hmm. an assist, six shots on goal, and three blocked shots. <laughs>
1: Yep, that sounds like that sounds so, like exactly what would have happened when he was thirty percent owned, right?
0: <laughs> he was a seventeen percent owned on a four game slate. So uh, I feel like a donkey for not, you know, going all in. Uh, yeah,
1: tail McCarr who, right? Uh,
0: yeah, it's just incredible. Uh, very very fun to see. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's let's finish off the little games that we're playing and do uh, uh let's do a couple of our top stacks and then and get on out of here.
1: Okay. Um, you know, I think after looking at, every, I think Audible one and Calgary one are just like, like, those two are like, you can afford both. Um, I think that's kind of like what I'm going to end up getting to, uh, myself. So I'll take those two and sorry.
0: Yeah. You get whatever's uh... left. <laughs> I don't think we want to forget about Boston one, you know, that was a long time ago in the show, but Boston is in a great spot. They seem underpriced relative to a lot of other options here on the slate. Um, And then, you know, picking from the late games, let's, let's go with that San Jose. You can literally fit in whatever you want them. So uh, hurdle Barabanov and balsers, you know, tack on Brent Burns. You can still play pretty much whoever you want. Um, so I do like that, just in terms of upside and uh, who you can play with. On so, uh, guarantee me a couple goals, DJ.
1: I'm sorry, I just was was trying to look how how well that lineup worked, and it worked very well. <laughs> yeah, um, it does. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't know how well it would work until I was like, Rasmus Anderson is how cheap again? Did you mention? Holy crap! Okay, um, so guarantees and goals. You know what? I feel like I all year I've gone with like really high and really low players. And I'm going to get away from that this time because it'll be fun. Um, so I am going to go with, you know what? Josh Anderson. He's not, eh, he's pretty low, but it's okay. 3,800 Josh Anderson.
0: You son of a bitch.
1: Is that what you're going to do?
0: Yep. Uh, Jeff Skinner for me. Easy money. Sabres uh, smash again. Jeff Skinner helps.
1: Okay. All right, see I was hoping to get myself around 6k and I gave myself 7200 just classic me saying one thing and doing the other um but I'll, I'll go a little bit cheaper then uh you know what oh, no, I don't, I don't want to be I don't want to be foolish I don't want to be downright silly let's do you know let's do connect me I don't think either of us have taken him yet probably because Drew's just been like better but I probably could do either of them can I yeah, Which no, you,
0: you, you could.
1: Oh, I can't. Uh, oh, I can oh, yeah. Boy, Drew or Konechny. This is a real Sophie's choice. Um, Let's do Drew then. All right, Drew. All
0: right. Um, All right. I have not enough for what I was... Never mind. I'll back to the drawing board there. Um. Okay. So you took Calgary and Ottawa for your two stacks, right? Of course I did. All right. I am going to tell you that I... Just I I don't I don't care about the fact that you took <laughs> uh, this player from me because cool. Johnny freaking Goodrow is scoring a goal here. I told you he had there eleven shot attempts last game, right? Eleven. Um, yeah, I think he gets it done this time. I, I'm I'm not worried. I, I just I'm not worried about Dallas. So I'm going back to the Johnny hockey well, and if it kills me, it kills me. Uh, so give me. Who the hell did I take? Uh, Jeff Skinner and Johnny Gaudreau. Yep. And then you took Anderson and J- Drew. Drew.
1: Drew. We Okay. Drew.
0: okay. Alrighty. Um, yeah, that will just about do it. Uh, if you guys have not yet, please do go sign up for Underdog Fantasy. Uh, UnderdogFantasy.com slash or promo code MSP. Uh, that'll get you up to a $100 match on your $100 deposit. I don't know why I said deponus. uh, you know, really good times over here. Um, it's been a lot of fun drafting on there with uh, some of you guys. I snuck in one without telling anyone on Tuesday, just to kind of see, you know, uh, what like what it looks like when we didn't have uh, morning skate pod, people just sort of flooding the, the NHL contest. And let me tell you in a six man draft, a snake draft format uh, four of the six people drafted a goalie in the first round. Uh, you, you don't, it, it's not that difficult to build a team that is uh, likelier to win than your competition in that format. Let's just say, so continue to fill that contest, make it bigger, the bigger it gets, the more randoms will get in who don't know what they're doing and just click on a goalie first because you know, goalies don't matter, yeah. but they still project better. Um, so yeah, good times all around.
1: Yeah, and like, like, well, the reason that happens is because goalies are the highest projected point total, which yeah. is like, it makes sense. And like, so, if, but if you think about it, there's six people per draft, and there's 18 starting goalies tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That there that are nine
0: favorites. Or... <laughs> there are nine favorites. Like, you know, you can get a yeah. favorite easily. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I uh, just found that funny. And you guys should definitely, you know, do the same because I think there's a pretty it, substantial. The only,
1: yeah. the only issue that's been arising that I've already mentioned to them and they're aware of for both NBA and NHL is that some rookies aren't populating. So I wanted to play Swayman. He should be starting tomorrow. And just could not do it i think he ended up absolutely sucking but yeah yeah. so just you keep that in mind when you start like don't commit to a goalie or a player like for sure like just search the team or the player uh make sure they're there because that is an issue that
0: has come up sure uh good advice uh for sure so uh anyway That will do it from us. Uh, Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Pod. You can find a lot of retweeted news and notes there. You can also find news and notes on our Discord. Uh, The Discord is, uh, well, easiest way to get there is by DMing us on Twitter to give give you an invite. So uh, that's the best way to reach out and get on in there. So any final words, DJ?
1: No, I mean, I'm going to be still pretty busy, but hopefully tomorrow we're back to like pretty normal i'm going to be recording for mayo tomorrow and hopefully there's no more issues
0: all right uh yeah uh hopefully we get your you know laptop situation figured out by next show and we can have the first show of the new era of the morning podcast so from doug from dj from myself thank you for listening have a good sleep, everybody we will see ya